If you like this show, you should check out, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. It's a show for people who have a healthy relationship with the internet, made by people who really, really don't. It's hosted by Slate's Rachel Hampton. Twice a week, she explores what's trending at the top of your feeds, investigates the ghost of internet past, and helps you sound like the smartest person in your group chat. Episodes drop every Wednesday and Saturday. Search I-C-Y-M-I wherever you get your podcast. That's I-C-Y-M-I, the podcast that's extremely online, so you don't have to be. Are we recording? I think we're recording now. So, oh. but, okay. Ho. Oh, whoa. Ho. Wait, do you guys know that my first time having, I'm, I'm not even just saying this, it just came into my brain. My first time having an Uncrustable was actually two days ago. In my whole life, I was afraid of jam. Or is it jelly? It's jelly. It's Wait, fake so you jelly. watched me eat them four times a week? And I never knew work. why. And now I eat them for dinner every single night. It's the only thing in my fridge. So, your nutrition, so now you understand my addiction. Well, okay. The nutrition aspect of that for dinner. Yeah, you do. What do you eat during the day? Anyway, so how are you guys doing? Okay, good morning. But you understand my addiction now, right? Fun fact our our crafty guy banned me from getting them on a daily basis. I wish I was kidding. But why? Because he was worried about my health. Because I would have one every single day and then sometimes two a day if it was a rough day. Speaking of eating, we did so much of that in Puerto Rico this <laughs> this past week. That was such a seamless with, segue. I, when, that was really good. When I was visiting wow. Alicia in Puerto Rico and I became... The accent yeah. comes out to You sound like one of those white people that listen, go to a foreign country for the first time. I became time. a Puerto Rican Where'd queen. I now have a playlist called Aircon. Um, Why Aircon? What does that mean? Because you need to have air conditioning in Puerto Rico and it's all Puerto Rican music and yes, every song is Bad Bunny. <laughs> Well, oh, good. Well, like, Bad Bunny, you know, he was on another date with Kendall Jenner last night. I can't talk about it. Moment of silence. Anyways, <laughs> El Conejo Malo, like, I knew people were obsessed with him, but being in Puerto Rico, like, they are injecting him, like, in their veins. You can't go to a coffee shop. You cannot go to a club. Without... Like, you just hear him at all times. I did feel like I fit in very well in Puerto Rico. Do you not agree? Do you want like a seal of approval? Like, I'm just saying, do you not what agree? Does that even as an Afro-Latina, what are your thoughts on um, me being... No, but I, I genuinely, I love spending time with you. I love to celebrate no. you on your beautiful show with your beautiful castmates who are so lovely and so kind. And I just also love, yeah, everything that we did together. I hope you know, like, ugh, I couldn't be more grateful for you. It was so special. We did have the best trip. And yes, Josie fit in very well in Puerto Rico. I will just be honest right now and say the trips that you guys have had together, I have such FOMO. Stop. I, I have such you. FOMO. If I could just leave everything and all the commitments I have behind and travel with you guys, I would. We love you. And we you're do, with us in spirit. We do okay, like it. Anyway, so, I'm so excited today because I have one of my favorite people in the room right now who you guys have both met. Speaking of birthday trips. Yes. She yes. just had her birthday trip in Mexico City. One of the most talented actresses that I know. She's going to get really uncomfortable when I'm saying this. Literally <laughs> one of the most beautiful people I've literally ever met and someone who I've grown to love over the past year and I feel like gotten close with and I'm just honored to live life with is the Aww. queen herself, Alicia Bow. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the wow. pod. What an intro. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A little sap. Huh? A little sap. But yeah, I love it. Should I go for you too? No, please Josie don't. Josie and Tota. <laughs> yeah. Literally gonna... Let me count the ways I love you. Wow. Me and Josie spent eight months in Edinburgh, Scotland together wow. in a corset in the freezing cold Hot. and living in basically Dying. dorms. Yes. 
um, with a bunch of college kids. With only cool toned materials. Yeah, it was like living inside of an Ikea. It um, was. It was. Scandinavian was. dream. Yeah, Love. literally. And um, I don't think I could have survived that time <laughs> without Josie. It was my first time working outside of the country. Oh, same. For really? an extended amount of time. I mean, like, you know, it's just when you have to leave all of your friends and family behind. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, you know, acting like sure can be glamorous sometimes, but also most of the time it's just a lot of hotel rooms, you're alone, you don't really know anyone, who knows if like you're gonna make like close like bonds or relationships with who you're working with. But thank God I had you because honestly, you were like my safe space that whole time. I think oh. I would have gone crazy without you. Same. So. I feel the same. I literally love you. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but I think that you mentioned something really important, which is that, yeah, that was both of our first times going outside of the country. And I think that is such a big to change. Work. We've been outside of the country. Wait, had you been outside well, of the no, country? Well, no, for a project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking <laughs> of... But going across the country, especially from you did the opposite when you were born because you were born in Europe. (laughs) You were born in Norway, which I feel like a lot of people don't know about you, even though I feel like you've talked about it. Really? I feel like that's my whole personality trait is to be like, hi, I'm Alicia. I was born in Norway. You I'm an immigrant, actually. actually. You know that. I'm actually different. You guys didn't know. That's I didn't know. Oh. I, I was just gonna say it's definitely not your whole personality because oh. I had no idea. Really? Because no. I always feel like I always. Oh yeah. Well, hello. My name's Alicia. Okay. I was born in Norway. Incredible. I'm <laughs> Welcome to America. Thank you, Tusen Tuck. Um, I uh, I'm half Norwegian, half Somali, and uh, my mom and I moved from Oslo to Los Angeles when I was seven because she met a man. Okay, my stepfather, okay, American, mm. and then we were like also eight months of winter, LA, like you know, sunshine. Yeah. So uh, we the made, made, yeah, we yeah. made the big mom isn't Norwegian. She is Norwegian. Oh, okay, but she moved there. No, no, no. My or mom she moved to here because she met a man. She moved to LA. Los Angeles because she, she met, met a man. man. Understood. My mom is super Norwegian. Generations, generations. Okay, that's of what Norwegians. I Yes. Okay. And my dad. Um, was born in Somalia and then um, was he there was the war the civil war in the 90s and um, late 80s and he escaped the war um, and at 17 years old uh, he was adopted by a Norwegian um, who had met he had met a couple of years prior just like showing him around Mogadishu wow. and then he was in a bit of trouble escaping the war he called up my grandpa now um and said i really need help and my grandpa um went over and adopted him and brought him to norway and raised him as his own wow yeah and then five six years later he met my mom and you know had me (laughs) for a second i thought you were saying that your mom's dad adopted him (laughs) and i was like that is so strange but so just a man adopted him who Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. That would have been crazy. Is that legal? Um, like, could I you? Wouldn't that have been iconic, though? I think that's so special. I didn't know your dad was adopted. My older siblings are adopted. Oh, really? Yeah, my mom adopted them when I was like a baby. Oh, so wow. So that is so cool. How many siblings do you have? Ooh, girl, too many to count. Really? It's a real blended family. <laughs> There's, I think some I don't know about, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a couple I don't know about either. So. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> speaking of family, you're mom had married your stepfather and mm. then you were here at seven years old and then did you guys you guys just stayed in LA yeah and you've been here ever since yeah ever since so I'm very I'm like I'm a valley girl through and through really okay we're in the valley 
Um, I grew up in West Hills, Canoga Park area. Yes. Went to El Camino, if anyone knows it. Yeah. No, not one person cool. here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, not one. Yeah, but we, uh, but we live in Valley. <laughs> okay, but, incredible. Yeah, deep. It was one of those things where it's so deep in the valley that I think it might. I'm probably wrong, but I think Woodland Hills might be the end of the west side of San Fernando Valley, and then by that point, it was like a 20 minute drive over Malibu Canyon, and that's how I spent like all my summers. Where we would there was this dollar beach bus. No That way. would pick us up in Calabasas High School. Mm. <laughs> Real bougie, I love yeah, it. Yeah, in the parking lot. And then all of these teenagers would just hop on this bus. And we'd go to Tower 7 at Zuma mm. Beach. And it was, I hated where I grew up when I was, you know, growing up. Because I'm like, ugh, it's so boring. But yeah. looking back, it was such a, it was literally like, I don't know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High or something. Mm. It yeah. was such a, it was a quiet. A quintessential. Very quintessential experience. Californian. You know, all of the de- uh, parents were probably like ex hippies from Topanga Canyon or something. Wow. So it was an interesting, interesting thing. I oh love that. God. And you yeah. talk about like coming to America and you said that your mom saw you like doing like cartwheels and like jumping up and down oh, and like first oh, getting here. Oh, I love you for remembering that. What, what do you think the first <laughs> thing that you saw here was the most jarring compared to Norway that really stood out to you? Um, That's a really good question. I, you know what? I think it was, I mean, obviously the vast landscapes and how mm. empty the streets are really mm. um, because I also is a metropolitan city and you can, you know, walk around and be self-sufficient. I, the second I moved to the valley, which is very spread out, um, I wasn't allowed to walk down the street by myself. And I was yeah. used to being able, there was a 7-Eleven I lived by. I lived in front of the 101 freeway behind Ventura Boulevard okay. in like an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a 7-Eleven on that corner. And when I was a child, like five, six years old, my mom would send me to the corner shop in Norway to like get her stuff. Yeah, go pick up a, uh, yeah, like a chocolate I'd bar or something. Yeah, I'd to school, to kindergarten, which is wild to think about. Yeah. Um, uh, when you grew up in America. And um, I wasn't allowed to do that anymore. And I just felt like, a little part of my freedom had been taken yeah. away because it's your so childhood independence. Yeah, like I couldn't take my bike around, and that was the biggest thing. But other than that, it was just the heat. Mm. Woodland Hills, Horrific. West Hills, Canoga Park is like the hottest area in yeah. LA. I would have heat strokes three yes. times a week. Yes, because my body wasn't That's used to. No, into do you have really? like a sweating problem? <laughs> Not anymore. No. Oh. Uh- <laughs> How did you get rid of that? How did you get rid of that? Because I'm oh, so not like you. Out. No, like I, my body temperature runs at like 190 degrees. Oh yeah, but baseline. You know what? I have night sweats. I will wake oh, I up. I don't have night sweats. I wake up and I'm like, did I pee? Did I pee? Yeah, Cause I, yeah, the yeah, bed yeah. is soaking yeah, wet. It is. And I don't know what that's about. I hope that's not an underlying health We can issue, talk about that. Right. We can talk about that because my scalp, I was Shed thinking one. about getting Botox on my head because it, yes. it paralyzes the muscle. Yeah. But then I like went for a consultation. They're like, yeah, it's around like 300 pokes. Oh, and I was like, listen, no. and it's only lasts for like four to six months. No, no, And no, I said, no. I'd rather just sweat and put my hair in a sleek bun, snatch, yes. and have it sweat then have 300 needles every four to six months. Yeah, it's like that look is good. It's like a Bella Hadid. It's like, a Bella Hadid slash. Oh, yeah, like, it's so I love chic. it. I need a little bit more oil in my dry hair. Yeah, yeah. It's such, my, my hair is falling out and no. so dry and brittle and gross. And that's the LA heat. Yeah, the LA heat will do that to you. Yeah. And Norwegian was your first 
Is that the, oh my gosh, your yeah. first language. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I yeah, that. so I didn't speak any English when I came to America. Um, I had a thick Scandinavian accent. Um, yeah, Norwegian was my first language, and I uh, completely forgot my first language. Mm. And in forgetting my language, you know, you kind of lose a part of your identity because yeah. my mm. whole family still lives there. Mm. And so we've been going back. I mean, we go back um, every Christmas at least once a year. And I mean, there is a huge disconnect because it's such a big part of my identity. But then culturally, because I don't speak the language anymore, there is this um, this disconnect. But I mean, I've been saying for years now that I need I'm going to relearn it. And it's it's one of those things. It's such a small language and it's so it's hard to find tutors. Yeah, it's yeah, hard. I, to, I yeah. know what you're saying though, because I feel like once you like, I knew Arabic growing up, mm-hmm. and then I lost it all. And then did I did you? Oh, yeah. I so like, that. and then I'm trying to get back into it now. Like I took Arabic in college, and it's oh, wow. so much harder. But no matter what, there is still that memory in, yes. ingrained in your head. Yeah, there's certain things that I still remember and can comprehend when my family are speaking. Yes. And um, the only problem is, is that my family is from this town called Trondheim, which is like a little bit more north of Oslo and Oslo and they have completely different dialects. Mm. I remember getting into arguments with my cousin because like let's say in in when you're speaking the Oslo dialect you would say for the number seven you would say sieve and my cousin says shoe. So it's like these crazy different pronunciations and we'd be like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, you're not saying you're not speaking the language correctly. (laughs) So so when I go back, I'm listening to my family speak this different dialect that I didn't grow up speaking because it's even more. It's it's, double confusing. Yes, exactly. Um, But yeah, but we just did a show for yeah the show that we worked on together. We worked with Christine Froseth, who is super Norwegian, awesome Norwegian and from the same area that I grew up in and I didn't no. utilize her. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Once in a while we, you guys would, would, would try, But then she'd just get frustrated because she's like, oh gosh, I can't like it. I can't It's the way you said it. Oh. I didn't utilize her. <laughs> yeah. That's what got me. She does. She does speak it really well. Well, it's her. I mean, she's fully like her. Both her parents are Norwegian. She's just. She's been back and forth. Yeah, she's from, very Norwegian. From Jersey to Jersey Norwegian girl. Yeah, she's iconic. Hey guys, before we go to break, we're really excited to be included in Apple Podcast Women's History Month collection, celebrating the past and present legacy of self-identifying women. The collection has essential conversations for and by women, while centering and celebrating intersectionality. We're grateful to be included in the collection and hope that you enjoy the conversation offered here today. You obviously like talked about your connection to your Norwegian culture. Like, how did you navigate like being this young black Norwegian girl like mm. coming to LA? Because yes, Somali and black. Because yeah, um, I know, like specifically for me, I think I'm perceived differently depending on what country mm-hmm. I'm in. So, like, mm-hmm. how is have you experienced that? Also, being in Scotland, how was that? Yeah. I feel like I asked you a bunch of questions. You, yes, you no, choose. I got you. I'll answer all of them. You know what's actually so funny about moving from Oslo to Los Angeles is that my 
school and also was way more diverse than the school I went to in LA because I was living in a place where there was a lot of immigrants in this place called Sinsen, which is a lot of Somali, a lot of like Middle Eastern people. Mm. There were two fully Norwegian girls in my class. Everyone else was, were people who looked like me or from different Mm. places, just immigrants really. And I moved to probably the whitest place in um, the Valley, I think. And I was maybe one of five black kids in my elementary school. Um, and you know, the culture of being black in America in the United States of America is United States of sorry. Um, that was crazy. Was so formal. Yeah, yes. I, was like, oh, yeah, I know. Not America. Um, but it's completely different from being African, mm. which I was used to with my dad. Just, you know, we did African culture is just different from, you know, African American culture. Yeah. And when I moved here, I quickly realized that there were certain ways I was meant to act to other people to Mm. make them feel more comfortable and be like, no, you're black. You're supposed to be acting like this way. Mm. You're supposed to be acting like this. And I was just so I was just so confused. I was a child. And it was, you know, it was racist. Like kids were inherently racist because of, you know, generationally, culturally how they grew up. And it was... um, I felt really insecure. I felt othered. I felt um, like I wanted to conform as any kid wanted to do. Mm. Didn't want an accent. I didn't want to look too different. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted straight hair. You know, Mm. I wanted to just conform, which is so heartbreaking, really. And um, yeah, it was it was hard trying to fit in because I felt like I couldn't really fit in anywhere in that way. And then... Um, speaking to being like just going to different countries um, there is there is um, something that I realize the older I get is that I actually have to think about you know as you know I think everyone sitting on this couch actually has to think about if we're going to be safe mm-hmm. in a certain country mm-hmm. or even a state in America yeah mm-hmm. um, and I I dated an Italian <laughs> The Italian. It was like the two pasta recipes. Yes. No, I, Josie's just heard so much about it because I learned how to cook pasta and I only know how to make it for two people. And I (laughs) always end with like, because I dated an Italian guy for a couple of years. But that's fun. That's fun to say. What's it? Because I dated an Italian. Yeah, just so you know, because like I know what Um, Chianti wine is because. Right. I know every culture. Chianti on the menu. Literally. You're like, she's culture. Period. There's linguine, Like, and also, this isn't actually Italian. This is Italian American. Yeah. People in Italy don't actually eat no. meatballs with and their because, spaghetti. And do you know why? Because I, I had dated I an Italian. Dated an Italian. Yeah. Anyway, water, al dente four I, times in a row. Let me bring it down real bad. Um, I never <laughs> felt more... <laughs> She said, let me take a hard shift. (laughs) You're like, all right, so going there. I've never felt more othered and attacked. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And um, then I um, had felt in Rome when Mm. I spent spent, uh, my my pandemic months in Rome. Oh, gosh. And I... With the Italian boyfriend. With with the Italian boyfriend. Um, And... and, um, I had never, which was so interesting because I was in Italy and I'd spent time in the deep south before and I was expecting to feel, you know, it was just an unexpected place. Like we were in a restaurant for my birthday and all of these older Italian women were looking at me with this pure, sheer disgust Mm -hmm. that, 
you, your gut feeling knows like, oh my God, they're looking at me because I'm of the way I look and because I'm black and how dare I be in this restaurant. I remember going to the bathroom and this woman didn't want to wash her hands after me. Like, it was like I'd been, it was something I read in history books of like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm, we're not experiencing this in no. 2023, 2020 when it was. But like, um, it was, it was jarring. It was scary. Um, and in Scotland, uh, we were doing a period drama. So we'd have to spend a lot of times in these stately homes that go back to like the 17th, 18th century. And the memorabilia there is just, you know, the history of the world. There was one location where there was um, like those... Gollywog. Yeah, that, a golly, that's how it's called. Yeah. Gollywog. Which and is it's, like, it sounds racist. It sounds so... It's and a, it was, a racist toy. It's a racist that doll. That used to play with. Mm -hmm. It's like blackface, basically. And it was just... Like a minstrelsy toy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was... And, you know, it's just... Yeah, so it, it's it's strange. It's you kind of all over. Yeah, it's it's yeah. strange thing navigating in this world yeah. based on environment and yeah, specifically when you were living in Italy, that was not just any time. It was the summer of twenty twenty. Yes, and yes. it was so turbulent. And I feel like for so many people here, obviously, especially black people that were living in LA, were experiencing such a, a visceral time that you can yeah. obviously attest to more than I can. Yeah. I can't even imagine being isolated away from oh my community. Yeah. Because I think that was yeah. something that you speak about a lot. I say it all the time. Like, I think that that was one of the most difficult years of my life. And mind you, I want to decenter myself from the conversation. Like, the people who were on the ground every single day creating mutual aid funds and literally having their life at risk on a daily basis in very aggressive ways, those are the people that I think will deal with the repercussions of that time more so than someone like me. Like, Absolutely. yes, I protested and engaged in activism, but um, all that goes to say, even though it was a super disheartening, difficult time here in America, and I think for black folk across the country, across the diaspora, one of the only reasons that I think I was okay and I survived was because of community and camaraderie. Mm. And that is what I was thinking of the whole time of you talking. Like, I was like, one, how awful, and thank you for sharing, but two, um, you had to do that without other like black people around you or like without your community, like, and camaraderie. Like, how have you found that like mm. on set or when you're alone? Like you talked about the solitude that comes with acting and how it's not as glamorous as people think. Mm -hmm. How have you found community like in your blackness and just like as a woman, like how have you found like your peace on set while working and navigating acting, whatever mm. this crazy world is? Oh, wow. That's a good question because I'm still finding it. I still, to this day, find myself being maybe one of two people who are of color in my on my on the set that I'm on, mm. um, and I find that there is. I'm. I find myself being a bit upset that it's up to me most of the time to have to speak up for myself where things I where I shouldn't have to. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for when I have people that I'm working with that recognize that and speak up for me because it's tiring um, and it's unfair because I think as much as this industry likes to say that, you know, we are changing and it's getting better, um, it's just untrue really 100%. it's tokenism yeah. at best and there is, I mean, there's so much black talent in this industry and um you know when it's when they're behind the scenes 
like you know when you're watching a television show like oh this is real this is authentic and this is authentic and that's those are the projects I want to be a part of but um yeah it's been with my career so far the shows and movies I've been on you can just you know look I'm usually the one Hmm. black girl in it or one of three maybe or one of two but like you know they're predominantly you know white stories that I'm I'm supporting I guess um and um, that's not to say that I've had really great characters with great arcs, um, but that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still navigating it. Mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, trying to figure out how I can. It's also building my own confidence as a woman in a business sense and mm-hmm. how to advocate for myself. And it's something that I haven't perfected yet, but it's a learning experience. And it's just, I think it's important. You know, like when you meet people like Josie who will stand up for you no matter what, which is honestly like maybe one of the first times I've had someone mm. do it so visibly for mm. me. Josie's just stood up for me a lot in the work sense Same. even and it obviously in my mm-hmm. personal life. So um, seeing that made it clear to me that I need or it made it clear to me that it's not really my responsibility all the time. Yeah, it's not. No. Like, I shouldn't have to be caught. It's exhausting. It's. It, it, yeah. I think there's a fine line because, yes, always advocate for yourself. But at some mm-hmm. point, that is not educating people, checking people. It is not your responsibility. Exactly. It is the people around you who are not who are not going through your experience to stand by you and stand with you. I yeah, I remember you know having what I mean a conversation with you. We were in the drive back from, like, one of the first pre-production days where they threw us in a lake and it was like 20 degree lake um fahrenheit <laughs> lake and we were in wetsuits yeah and we they had to see how long we could like <laughs> last last and it's if, like an episode of survivor when we're repeating it because that's was, wild that what? they bust us wait, all wait let's back yeah we never spoke about that day no, after wait that. wait wait let's just yeah let's explain this yeah. we there was a scene that we had to shoot where we all had to jump into a real like waterfall lake and so basically they had to test how long each of us could last in a lake to see who they could who would go in the lake, right? Yeah. For the to, longest. Like, approve it. Yeah. So they had to so approve that you guys it. Wouldn't get injured. Yeah, I, and it I was the most cold water that I'd ever been in. But like basically they were timing us while we're all in a lake with wetsuits on on the day. We're not wearing wetsuits, but they were like, Okay, Alicia could last thirty seconds, Josie could last forty seconds, and they're like, Okay. You could last forty? I don't remember. Well, to be fair, I was the in there the longest out of all the girls. They did oh tell me that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I did some around, I did some around. Okay, settle. But the boys were like Insane. They were oh, like yeah, they Olympians, it. except. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, God. Y'all, you guys have to say it now, but don't say no! it. But no, they're not say it. Don't say it. But there were no boys in our cast. You know, we didn't work with. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't work boys, with, what? We didn't work we did not work with any boys. Yeah. But I remember being in the car ride home and speaking to you and we were we stopped by to see some cows with oh. our driver. Do you remember his name? No, but he was so lovely. Anyway. Stuart. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm awful. Your driver. Well he was your driver. to be fair. He I was had- not my driver. Who was your driver? Oh yeah, yeah. Rat, right? Yes. Rat. You had, had Rat. a driver named Rat, but David, I had little Kevin. David, little David would drive me a lot, and then I, had Kevin I loved and Ian. the days when Ian would drive me. Ian, Ian drove you in the beginning. Yeah, I love Ian. And then I had him. <laughs> I love Rat. Yeah, Rat. I don't know why, but I stand with Rat. Rat is a cool. And then guy. David, little David, and Big David. Yeah. 
I love them all. I love them all too. I don't Maybe know what. Shout out to all the drivers. <laughs> yeah, that was just to test our brains. Yeah. Wait, but anyway, what well, did we say in the car, Josie? <laughs> I, sorry, I know I'm awful. I don't know how to tell a story. But in the car, I literally said to you, I was like, "You are going to have a very different experience yeah. than we are." And this is in the this is in the very beginning. Christine was in the car as well, and I was like, "People." are probably going to say shit to you and it's not going to be fair and it's not going to be right but it is our job to speak up about it ours and mine and christine's and it's it's not yours and like lean on us but know that like we're not looking at this with rose-colored lenses either and maybe you weren't in the beginning maybe you weren't expecting it to be as as whatever you, you made it out to be i don't want to speak for you but i think like there were certain moments where there are just ignorances and it was never not always malintentioned but I could just feel you not necessarily knowing how to go about certain things because of the compassionate kind person that you are and also just the environment that you were in was just so predominantly white and like and no one was really not many people really cared yeah because thank you so much i remember yeah i remember that conversation and it was um no one had ever done that for me ever before in the mm. in on a set ever so to feel protected by you was i mean it was the most meaningful thing ever i felt i felt safe even when i was feeling uncomfortable or feeling lonely i made i knew that i had you and that it would never be too much so thank you oh uh, that's so sweet i love you so I, love you. I love you the problem was twofold because you're dealing with race and you're dealing with cultural differences mm. um and it's just yeah i mean not to i mean i had a great time in yeah. the uk people are nice they are really nice mm -hmm. yeah it's but just truths can exist yeah at the same, same time, time. Yeah. yeah and um yeah, it's just interesting to reflect on because uh, it it's strange living in a place where nobody um, looks like you. But then I'd go to London and I lived like yeah. in the Somali central of the world. Right. And, or, and it was just... Um, everybody was Somali. Everyone was Somali. Yeah. Somali yeah. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> so Please. like it's... Um, that was amazing because I'd never been around so many Somali people. Like for like in that in a very 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 long time yeah. um and also there's a small community but in london there's so many eastern there's africans so many. and i loved it and in scotland there was little pockets of, there was little there pockets little po if you go to glasgow i feel like yeah we spent most of our we, time we in love, a very posh edinburgh but yeah, yeah but i we loved love glasgow and also you like did i don't want to keep talking about this one show but like you did an incredible job like you were one of the leads of our show and like oh. we're so talented and like your arc is beautiful and every time i watch a new dr i think it's so stunning and Thanks. the last thing that i'm gonna say is that you were there for me too as well like it does go both ways oh, i do I'm want you to know that like i'm not trying to be just to keep it melodramatic or whatever <laughs> but i'm being serious like there and i i spoke to alicia Josie about this speak like about people the way she speaks about you she's very kind but she's one of the most truthful people i've ever met and when she spoke about you and i was so excited to like meet your lovely cash like oh. i knew how special you were just because of like how jo josie speaks about yeah you. she facetiming her and you know it's like also as a, as a best friend but also like as like an older sister type mm -hmm. thing you know it's very 
I was I was not worried, but concerned for her going away for eight months in a new place. And I remember she was telling me you and Emmy, but like you were her rock during mm. this time. Mm. And all I can say is thank you for doing that. Like as a best friend, like truly, because it's a scary place going to a foreign country, not knowing what you're doing with a, for work too, yeah. as a young adult as well. Yeah, this town we don't know. We don't have any trans people that are that are that close to us that is just like the fact of the matter in our life like we have beautiful trans people in our lives that we love and we look up to and mj and india and all of these people that we see at events but you know they're they're a little bit older than us and they're they have their own communities and they have their own lives and like so not to say that trans people don't exist in los angeles they certainly do but certainly Mm -hmm. in our circles i'm the only one and i think like Obviously, you're not trans. I'm like outing you as trans. You're not trans. I am. Yes, you are not trans. But like, I just like I struggled a lot, like in the summer, and and I just remember like having breakfast with you, and I was like crying to you about something, and you're like, I don't remember this, but I felt so. No, 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 so annoying. I'm not kidding. But I and I get so uncomfortable talking about stuff. But but like I. I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say is like I just felt seen by you and I felt like you and we're going to talk about positive things after this but I do feel like you felt my pain and you felt like my otherness mm. and even though we have very different experiences mm. I'm not black you are not trans yet <laughs> I I did feel like I did feel like we connected in that way and it and it made me feel like I was going to be okay. Yeah. And I do not know if I would have lasted without that. I feel exactly the same. Absolutely. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you for many reasons. Not only for this show, but the movie that just came out. Who our producer... didn't Fiona, did you see it? Yeah, or, I yeah. yeah, I did. Oh! I Thank you so yeah, much. Thank they you. told us awesome things about that. And this was your first project after... COVID. 13 reasons why oh, right yes yes because yeah. yeah. this was Gosh. before do revenge right yes it was i so i had not we wrapped 13 reasons why december 2019 and we knew it was going to be the last season we were ready we were like okay great we you know we told four seasons we told the story yeah now it's time to graduate um <laughs> i how old was i i think i was i was 22 years old when the show ended and I'm 26 now. Which is crazy because you booked the show when you were 19. Yeah. That's was that insane. your first acting role? Like Not my first acting role, but my first um, series regular, like okay. big role, Incredible. I would say. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was 19. Intense show, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, babe. Yeah, it was. Any, yeah. So we finished the show December 2019. And then COVID happened, mm. of course. I went to go to Italy um, with my Italian mm. boyfriend. Yeah. Incredible. At the time. I love how he's like, yeah. honestly, a co host on this podcast. <laughs> no, like he's we right should give here. him a producer's like, credit. <laughs> Hope he's no. well. I'm B2. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, so, and then I went March 6th, which is my birthday. And then obviously, Italy was one of the countries that got hit the worst. Yeah. Right. So, but you guys were singing on patios. Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. You guys were a lot cuter than us. We were losing yeah. our shit here. Yeah. People got we real were, nasty. No, it was it, it ratchet. That's when we all moved in together. Oh yeah. My God. It was, it was yeah. crazy. We, we, saw, we uh, saw the best and the worst real quick. 
Like, I want to know was... about the arguments. I want to know about. Ooh. Oh, there's so many. I, I would like episodes, to say that babe. I was never in an argument. I w- oh, my oh, God. Oh, girl, you better. The argument the was never. about to come. Between us. Who was I arguing with? Go on. Let's hear it. So we were losing our shit, but also following in lo- falling in love. You were in Italy. And how long did you stay there before you worked on a project? Um, so I was, so I got stuck there and then also like chose to stay there. Um, and I was there for six months and, um, me and my boyfriend, that ex-boyfriend that I had only been together with for six months at the time, spent the other six months together in quarantine. What? That, just is, that is a that pandemic is, relationship. I'm sorry, that is a gay relationship. Shut up. <laughs> that is gay. That is lesbian. She's, she's yeah. relationship. That is so you haul of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what? You committed. You said I got this boo. Might I as know. Well. And then um, anyway, uh, I left. I went back home in September. Didn't. I was going crazy. Couldn't mm-hmm. get work. Didn't. I hadn't read a script in so long. And then I got this gig in When You Finish Saving the World. And we filmed that in January in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, Jesse Eisenberg directed it? Yes, so Jesse Eisenberg directed it. I played um, Finn Wolfhard's lover. Um, <laughs> I'm pissing at that, him just turning 18 or something. It. How old is he? No, he literally turned just 18. I was so, I was a little, I was apprehensive to do it because okay. I was 23 then at the time. And I'm like, Finn, everyone, you know, Finn is, I mean, he's so tall now, but um, at that time, I'm like, maybe someone who's maybe closer to Finn's age should play this role. Mm. Just so it makes sense a yeah. little bit in my head. Um, but then I I spoke with Jesse and it made sense when he watched the film. I meant to remind him of his mother, mm. who's played by Julianne Moore. And he has this crush on my character. I play this character named Lila. And I'm, we are kind of, it's like this push and pull weird relationship where I'm like, oh, you have all this passion and charisma, but it's all like just in the wrong places and you're kind of cringy. And I kind of like, oh gosh, he's like an annoying little brother. And that's, that's how our dynamic is meant to play on screen. And I'm like, and, um, so I took it and also we don't, we don't, um, don't kiss or anything in the movie so it's yeah, like no, it's not, you, you yeah. said you said disclaimer there's no licorice pizza uh, there's no, like Jennifer Lawrence going. That, well I'm just gonna say because the only reason why I was apprehensive is because I've been 17 years old having to kiss like a 36 year old man Shit. and it's um it's I'm so sorry for a TV uh, for a movie Which project for uh, well so I did a movie with Matthew Gray Goobler when I was mm. wait, I lied. I was eighteen. I was nineteen. Oh okay. yeah, because that's, that's fine. legal. It's fine. That's that legal. was fine. Okay, but yeah, I'm just sorry. saying. Right. But that you can do that. No, I think there's a a certain amount of gap when you're years. under eighteen. No, no, no. I, I was of age because it was 2016. Okay. I was okay. 19 you're like, years old. I was 12 years old. Having yeah, hang out with Matt. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I was in I'm, the back of a Volvo. Yeah, um, but it's just and it's just. You know, I feel like when you there age gaps in Hollywood are kind of like they're too normalized, too normalized and romanticized. It's also very much like I feel like everyone has like dated someone who's been over the age of thirty, and you're like just turned twenty. Yes, where it's and it's like the grooming is real. The grooming is real. Also, I'm all for like love. You can't control love or whatever the fuck that's called. But what you can't control is the power dynamic that's happening. Yes. And like you see Leonardo DiCaprio and his like under 25 girls. Yes. And like 
all these rappers dating younger girls. Yes. It's just very, very yeah. odd. Yeah, and you know, it makes you look twice. It Absolutely. makes you Yeah. Um yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about because then you also meet like parents who are 10, 15 years apart. You yeah. Know? Like, mm. oh, they, and that makes sense. And yeah. they, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, this seems good. But then it's the power dynamic that ships it. And I just think also on television and movies, I mean, especially with women, I guess. So like women always have to be super young and the men, I get have this thing where they become more handsome, the more. Yeah, the gray know, wolf. I, the age Daniel Craig so and George Clooney. And like, we're OK with just seeing them with 22 year old girls. And you know, it's just it's, it's like misogynistic. It's so misogynistic because when women aren't allowed to age gracefully or anything. No, God forbid we age. Like, oh, my gosh. Amelia Clark's Instagram photo blew up because so people were like, wow, she looks her age and people are being so disrespectful. Yes. God She's one of the most beautiful women Human stunning. ever. And, and the same thing happened yeah. with Hilary Duff. Like, oh wasn't there an gosh. ad that was like, can you believe it? Like 37 or something like that. It's like, why Why are we That's, fixating on people's age? And yeah. they're always Wait, like, actually, I will say, I did see some comments about me just to making it about myself. Yeah. You should, please yeah, make it about you. Because going back to when you finished Saving the World, it came out and like, I think, I mean, most of the fans of I think mostly Finn they were like they were like this old woman how, like she's still <laughs> are you playing, serious she's still Jesus playing Christ. like she's in high school I'm like wait a minute aren't all the euphoria kids my age and that's like like everyone I'm, yeah I literally fixed your mouth Nina Dobrev was 25 playing yeah. a 14 year old um, season I was one like, I feel like I'm 45 years old I was on Glee where it was like on AARP live um, and and I was the only child I'm there like, I'm kind of like the, everyone, everyone was in their 30s. is my age playing high school People or are, older also yeah. by the way you have the most baby face and you hate that about yourself. Yeah, I know. You I always want, say, anytime I we call Alicia cute, she like I, that's my I, yeah, pulls a never knife call on me. Cute. Trigger word. But like she is cute. Like your face is so precious. I have these little, you know, these cheeks. And these supple. <laughs> and this round face. Um, my mom is like, I, you know, you're going to be very grateful when you're, you know, getting older. But I'm like, I want to, you know, sometimes you just want to be I would no, feel no, that you want to be snatched. I'm not that either. No, I'm a because big ass cheeks, round face. Like that's the thing. Everyone's doing this buccal fat bullshit removal. Oh, I know. Buccal. And, buccal. and here's the thing: is it that buccal or is it buccal? It's more it like buick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm just thinking. <laughs> yes, you do. That, yes, you do. That, yes, you know, I don't. I mean. that gave I no, <laughs> no, and I, I. That's all there is to it. Okay. But I do think it's people just want to look so snatched all the time. Like I do. I. That's how I contour my face. Trying to be Bianca Lawson. Um, mm -hmm. Do you see that lovely black woman? 35 years old playing a high schooler. Up sister. Period. An iconic woman Period. who I did try to use her name to get into the gold after party. It didn't work out well. What do you mean you tried to use it? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you? Did you Any, know that? No, I didn't. I That's did. why what are you talking I'm about? Shook. Anyway, I but wait, going back to women aren't allowed to age yes. I don't like that yeah so that's I mean there's like this whole obsession of looking young and well it kind of goes against with this whole buccal fat removal because like the buccal makes people look all the stuff. yeah so I'm confused like there's this double do like do it's, I also, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like when well but no but it makes sense though because when you're really young everyone's sexualized everyone's yeah. over matured yeah. girls have way too much makeup on and are being put into this light and then suddenly when you're older you you're getting hated for looking older it's so like a weird I, thing i have a weird relationship with it because i do get some work done sometimes mm. and it's not really to ever look young it's more like to look what the trend is aka like 
mm-hmm. a lot of white women. You know, I've always, I mean, I used to have curly hair. Like you, like when you said the straightening the hair thing, that's what I used to do constantly. Mm. And I get my lips done and I do like my lips, but like I went to get my, my lips done and one of the estheticians was like, you should do something under your eyes. And what about thoughts about doing cheek and chin a little bit? Mm. And I was like, I was taken back a little bit, but I was also like, oh, wait, maybe I should do this. And I like, I went home and I was like, I'll think about it. Not thinking like that goes against so much of my culture as well, because like Arabs are known for their sunken eyes Mm. and like my cheeks, they're already big. Why do I need to make them bigger? Mm. And my chin, is it not prominent enough? And it was like, no matter what, as a woman or a female presenting human, you're damned. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, yes, like there can, two truths can exist where I do want to get my lips done. Yeah. But I don't want to should feel that agency to do whatever makes yes. you feel beautiful, but yeah. not to appease other people yeah. or pander to beauty standards. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of beauty standards and like you obviously talked about like projects that you've done and girl, you were a part of like one of the biggest shows of I think like our time. Like I remember being in high school and oh my 13 gosh, Reasons you were coming in high school? out. I was in high school. I was finishing up high school, yeah. Yeah. How old are you guys? I'm 24. I'm girl, 24. Like oh, okay. Don't do that. Wait, we, I was, I mean, I was 19. Yeah, you I, were, yeah. yeah I was, why like, are you talking I was about, like, wow, you were She said, wow. I was 46. We just weren't killing it like you, but we were around the same age. That's so funny. I was in Orange County at that time. She literally was like, I was too busy like trying to cheer on student government. I'm sorry, I was not a star like you, but that makes me want to ask you, how were you dealing with beauty trends and people having all these comments about the work that you were doing at such a young age? Because now, you know, I think we're all still very young. Yes. But we're a little bit older. Yeah. And we've learned some things. But how is like navigating the industry and navigating like people always having something to say? Because you're on a very large platform. Right. So many eyes. Yeah. One 13 Reasons Why I came out. Yeah, it it was super popular and it was um, it was overnight. It was kind of like the beginning of Netflix, like original. I mean, like it wasn't the beginning, beginning because you had, um, you know, House of Cards, which we're not, you know, (laughs) Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, they didn't really have YA, um, any popular YA original content. And then Stranger Things and 13 Reasons Why came out like within a year of each other or two years. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was this weird thing of all of a sudden I was very visible and I was so young. Um, But I was also personally stepping into my adulthood. Like I was living alone and my friends had gone off to college and I had to kind of I felt very lonely at the time and then I felt highly visible at the time and um, I was really depressed for Mm. years um, on that show, not because of the show, but because of just, you know, my personal life Um, and everyone was commenting on how I looked and I had gained weight. I had gained maybe like 15, 20 pounds between seasons, which is a lot for like... Um, a young teenage girl to have to go through and then especially in like a highly visible setting and everyone online just you know would call me ugly I had mm-hmm. acne too and like I would be called you were young you were a uh, yeah. young teenager I was like going through my second puberty I was yeah. like, and I was just like all of a sudden I had money I could afford food mm-hmm. I could afford like 
eating I can afford like because I was living in a one bedroom like Santa Monica and Vine apartment before I got this show like mm. you know you know having to support myself but anyway I my body and my face and my like whole life had changed so much and then everyone was commenting on it I became even more insecure and I had I just became so self-conscious and I wanted to hide and um it was I was so hard on myself and I felt so ugly because I was basing my I needed I was basing my I was getting validation from other people. Yeah. And I in turn just wasn't taking care of my mental health or my well-being. Mm. And it started from the outside in. So like how I was presenting outside made me feel mentally unwell. Um, so it was really hard. It's too much for a young girl to go through that. And especially I was, um, I played a character who had been sexually assaulted. So a lot of my, the parallels of my life of like, my character was going through, you know, feeling out of her body and feeling so out of control with her body, not to compare my personal journey, because there's nothing comparable to sexual assault or being, you know, raped. Um, but it was this my body was confused because I have to go into work every day and yeah. then my character is also like, oh, I work. hate my body. I hate my life. I hate this. And it was just, yeah, I was super young and it, it was it was a learning curve. And then I got used to the visibility and I got used to like people. It's just people t type things and they people forget think, about that. Nope. I'm not a real person. And I just realized, like, oh shit! Like, no, it's, it's not Twitter true. Fingers. Yeah, and like, it's not behind true. a screen, and because yeah. people think that they have agency towards you, yeah. and they have no idea who the fuck you are. Exactly. You and then I realized, like, damn, I'm really cute. And yeah, I was like, like, goddamn, you are fucking you are hot. Like one of the most uh, every person, oh, yeah. thank you. I'm staring at you right now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I actually thought about it for a second. I was like, yo, on this video, am I gonna look crazy? Because I'm leaning in. Because I'm just like, you are so stunning oh, and so beautiful. I love you. Thank and intelligent. you. But but no, it was a process. It was a process because it was just like imagine being a teenager and you have to see yourself on screen and then oh, it's a mind find yourself confidence it's not, find yourself as like transitioning into womanhood yeah, yeah. and find in front of that, everyone in front of in everyone front of, speaking of the past work that you've done and the importance and the weight that it's had um it makes me want to think what are the goals that you have mm. like in regards to projects that you want to do like are there other goals in the industry or even outside like what do you see yourself? Ugh, I don't want to ask you that because sometimes I get annoyed. Not in I don't, 10 years. Yeah, but, I don't want to do give a timeline. But, but, yes. but places you want to be in. Yeah. Places you want to be in are intentions that you set for the future years to come. I'd like to have more control over my career, I think, where mm. in the sense of um, I'm not, you know, relying on everyone else to give me this job that I need to, yeah. you know, like yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm still, I'm still like hustling. Like I need to audition and I need to do this and that. I want to be able to have control of the stories that I'm a part of a mm. bit. So I would love to be producers on stories that I really care about and move into that space. Um, I love acting so much that it's just that this is kind of what I want to keep doing. I just want to move into um, being more, I guess, mindful about the projects and, you know, um, 
being, I don't know, I just want to keep working. Those are my like, goals. Is, no, but and, that's enough. You know? And, is, and, you, and you will. And yeah. I remember also another car ride. It was it was literally one of <laughs> the last the car, car rides. One of the last days. This is the last car ride that I'll bring up. We were drinking whiskey in the back of yeah, this car ride. Yeah. And you said, <laughs> and I, I remember you said, you said, I want to be intentional. Yes. This taught me so much. I want to be intentional. Yeah. I want to know what I'm getting myself into. I want to see into the future more when it comes to projects and not just taking them for face value but I mean, really you, can, you guys can relate because you mean we started when we were really young with acting so like it was mm-hmm. you you, you take kind what of you can get you as take what you well, can and, get and, and then fun. you freak, and it's fun and you don't even think of it being like yeah. something that you need to decide to do exactly yeah, it's summer camp with your friends and exactly then really quickly and then you're like a oh this is a job exactly and like, sorry was that was that morbid yeah. um, really quickly it's just a profession, but, no. But it's and it's a part of it. But yeah, I think also something that it's hard to do for all of us is to remind ourselves how far we've come. And yeah. I know if that girl living in that one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica and Vine was looking at you Memory. right now, wow. she <laughs> would be so impressed by you. I mean, like you have built so much and you have this beautiful life with like such a great community around you that I've I and we have been so blessed to meet and shout out Moe's shout imagine you're like he cheated on me this morning no, 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 no. Shout out, we broke up shout out Moe's shout out I have a new boyfriend Sky. by the way he's English shout out, have, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. Not, he's still not, not from not, this country not, not, I understand I have a Scottish girlfriend not, yeah, not the Italian so UK girlies but, over but, here Moe's and, and, and Sky and Gideon and all these wonderful people and like I am just so proud of Oh yeah, of Sky you. really wanted a shout out. Hello, Sky Benica. Hi, Sky. I am so proud of you. We are so proud of you. And I'm so excited for you to like take the harness of your career and especially just like step into yourself even more. You beautiful fucking woman. I love you. I love you. And I love you. I love, love you. you. We love you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for letting me into your community, by the way, really quick. All of the barbecues, all of like <laughs> always, the and then it, boils. Yeah, the, it's it's traumatizing. And no, it's amazing. It no. yeah. We're a lot, but it's I feel like, like it's, I knew that before coming. I knew. Crazy. I remember I knew. Josie oh, was shit. telling me. Josie was like, "When you meet Alicia, <laughs> you guys will cause destruction in the world yeah. together." And I remember you said that to me, and I was no like, "No one has validated my my." pain more than Alicia <laughs> Bell in a quiet cafe with expletives. Yeah. Is it the cafe in Edinburgh that I went to to say hi to the people? She didn't really frequent Milk as much no, as I did. I but didn't. you know what? She was at Milk hanging out with I this, did. The, her the, girlfriend and then they were talking about me and the barista came up to her and was like, yeah. do you know Josie? You're I swear to God, I famous took, I took a photo. And no, because she, she used to go and do work there all the time. Mm-hmm. But they don't have iced coffee there. That's the thing. Well, nowhere. nowhere in, in Europe. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's me crazy too. Though. Anyway, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll go get some ice right now. But mm-hmm. Alicia Bell, when you finish Saving the World, is the name of the movie? That is the name of the movie. Yeah. And where can we see it? You know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I'm pissed. I think that. I think you Shut can buy it up. on Amazon now. Okay. You I think so. Amazon. You know, she plays a badass, politically conscious character. Thank Watch you. Watch all her shit. Stream Watch- Do Revenge on Netflix. Yes, yes that one. We love and look out for this Apple show, which we're unsure what the title is or when it's coming out yeah. or if it's coming out. But yeah. Watch Just Josie let it be and know. show. We have a show coming. We do out. have a show <laughs> yes, coming. Yes, you do. Out. Yes. <laughs> we're blessed <laughs> that they found each other. Okay, Alicia, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. And Sandy Gerard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. 
Our engineer and editor is Jordan Cantor, and Brian Vasquez is our theme music composer. Our video producers are Matt DeGroot, Narm Melkonian, and Dylan Villanueva, and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverette, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okalati for marketing the show and making us look so damn good. <laughs>